0: It happened once before. Some muggers followed my wife and daughter home from the market. It's about to happen again.
1: The police there got a very good description of the muggers, too. But it didn't do any good.
0: We do what we can. And so does he. Is this your daughter, Mr. Kersey? Mr. Kersey? Is that Carol? When murder and rape are the crimes, Bronson is the only punishment. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 2.
1: There's something else you should know, sir. Paul he now lives in Los Angeles. Oh, my god.
0: Now you tell me there's a vigilante out there. You believe in Jesus? Yes, Well, you're going to need him. He killed nine people in New York City four years ago. The people he killed were muggers. He became a hero. What'd he look like? He was... Uh... He was a very good citizen, that's what he was. That guy saved our lives, damn it! Where the hell were you guys, giving out parking tickets? When violence rules the city, when the police can't stop it, one man will... his way. Watch out! Charles Bronson. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. He's doing it for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White. (coughs) I just had one of Sean Penalbert's cookies. (coughs) And now I'm joking. But I am here with Sean Penalbert. Hello. He literally just sat down. We literally started recording. He got here like 30 seconds ago. We sat down. We're not messing around. We're getting right into Death Wish 2.
1: That's just like Death Wish 2. Just like just, I was going to say it that. It literally gets right into it.
0: Death Wish 2 does not fuck around. No. Uh, Death Wish 2 was my first ever podcast I did since I think I have uh, progressed and gotten better. And the shows are always better when I have a guest. I wanted to redo it with Sean because Sean has done Death Wish 3 and Death Wish 5 with me as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do this one.
1: Hopefully it's better. Uh, I listened to...
0: The first one you did, yeah. it's good, oh. <laughs> it's good. All right, so Death Wish 2, that was just me watching it. It was like, within the first 15 minutes, we have two rapes, one murder, and one murder by suicide.
1: Yeah, and uh, on the radio, they're, they're even talking about like, 96 people are dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, in the first five minutes, we already meet our antagonists.
0: Yes. This movie is totally Reagan America 80s. This is totally um, pro-gun, anti-criminal, anti-the-system, eye for an eye. This is totally 80s violent movie.
1: And I think you, in uh, listening to the first podcast you did on this, you had a really good point of, like, the theme in this movie is kind of that, like, Redemption is impossible, or uh, rehabilitation is impossible, and so that like Paul Kersey or the average man or someone has to do something, or
0: society won't. You know, right? So this movie, the the time, the time is weird in this movie because the original Death Wish was in seventy four, and this is in eighty two. But we we hear a line in the movie where it says, like, four years ago this happened to your... The time frame in the movie and the actual movie times, they don't match up.
1: They jump around a lot. They
0: jump around a lot. So I guess we'll get into it. So Death Wish 2, it takes place in Los Angeles. It is at least four years after what has happened in the original Death Wish. And Charles Bronson's daughter, who was raped in the first movie, has been catatonic apparently this entire time. And she's in some sort of home, and right now Charles Bronson is dating Jill Ireland. They're husband and wife in real life, but they are dating oh, really? in. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they were husband and husband and wife in real life, but now they, they are dating in the movie.
1: Jerry and Carol.
0: Jerry and Carol. They go out to a carnival, they pick her up, they pick up Bronson's daughter, yeah, and from that's the we, Yeah, at the asylum, and that's where we get the exposition dump of, well, she asked for dinner. And Charles Bronson's like, oh, a couple of sentences over the past two years, that's not much progress. So, so we, get, we, we, we get the fact that she has been not catatonic. She just doesn't talk. She just doesn't talk. And so they go to the street fair, the street carnival, and Charles Bronson wearing his members-only jacket. I had one of those in the 80s. Oh, man. <laughs> a sweet members-only jacket. He's wearing a members-only jacket, and he goes to buy some ice cream. These punks see him take his wallet out, and you recognize one of the punks, right?
1: Oh yeah, who does it? Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Lawrence Fishburne. So in the first Death Wish, Jeff Goldblum. Yep. In the second Death Wish, Lawrence Fishburne. And in the third Death Wish, Alex Winters, Alex Winters. from. And in the fourth Death Wish, there was a guy that went on to play a Klingon in one of the Star Treks.
1: <laughs> less progressive in uh yes. fame.
0: Yes, the fame the fame slowly goes down in the, in the Death Wish movies if you're a punk.
1: Um one of the lines like when they're going to the carnival, uh, the first thing he says to like Carol is uh, they're flying these like kites at the carnival or whatever that look like these giant condoms in the sky. <laughs> and he's like, "I remember you used to like kites uh, when you were a kid. Do you still like kites?" And it's like I don't talk to Ed, but she you know she smiles she nods and she's just like what a question to ask the it's the the script in this movie uh, some of the lines are just uh, classic like that
0: it's a bad script i mean the, the dialogue is bad the di- yeah. there's there's a lot of bad dialogue in, in this script and so the the punks they bump into Bronson and they steal his wallet and he keeps his wallet in his jacket jacket pocket, pocket yeah. yeah who does that
1: uh, someone who wants their. Exactly. To be Somebody who
0: wants their. He, he, <laughs> that wallet's not getting stolen if it's in your back pocket or it's going to be tougher. But yeah, it's like, of course it's going to get stolen. It's going to fall out yeah. if you keep
1: it in there. And so then he goes up to buy the ice cream and he's like, oh, my wallet's gone. Mm-hmm. He, and he knows what happened. But he goes back and. Well, he like,
0: chases. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He chases them and he chases one down and the he guy pulls him. a knife on him and Bronson you know beats him up and throws his knife away and then he goes back to uh to terry and carol and it's like now nah, you guys are gonna have to buy me ice cream because i forgot my wallet so he knows these guys have his wallet and his address it, i don't know are you is your address on your license yeah, it is look at your wallet wow yeah <laughs> now see you didn't know that Uh, Right? Yeah, Yeah, so maybe... Maybe Maybe it is plausible. Maybe it is plausible. I don't know. Maybe that you wouldn't think of that, but... Because the punks have his wallet, so they go to his house because they're going to jump him because one of them's pissed that he beat him up.
1: Yeah. And uh, in the meantime, uh, they drop Karabakh off at the asylum, I guess, and they go on this boat... And uh, we never see these boat people. We never know no, what No, the going. boat
0: people are just friends of the family, I guess. Yeah. So, but they drop her off on a boat. Uh, Terry has to go back to work. She's a reporter. Uh, so Charles Bronson, is uh, he's Paul Kersey. He's an architect. He's working on a radio. He, uh, he's working at a radio station. The owner of the radio station is gonna, wants a new building. So Kersey is designing that. And his girlfriend works at the radio station. So that's all background. And then the punks show up at Kersey's house. They formulate a plan. You I'll go
1: in the front, you go in the back. Yeah.
0: All that. I I don't know why this struck me so funny. They they pull up in this they pull up in in a rape van and they go they go to get a crowbar, they open the sliding door of the van and the van is completely empty except for this crowbar. Except for the crowbar. And it just—it <laughs> just looked so ridiculous. It was—it just, just looked silly. It was, was like, "Ooh,
1: like, mm, this is just what we, we needed." Need. Yeah.
0: And then they're getting high beforehand, and uh, a big white guy—he's the worst actor out of the bunch of them. And they're getting high, and he's like, uh, "Take it easy, my man. We got work to do." And, just, <laughs> and I thought, and I looked him up. He was—he worked. He worked for years, I, so he must have gotten better. But wow. I, I thought this might have been, you know, one of a, a couple of roles, and then he, he got out of acting because he couldn't act. But no, he was around for years after Maybe
1: that. he's that good that you believed he's stupid.
0: Maybe, maybe. But the housekeeper is home. They break in, and we get one of the most graphic rape scenes mm-hmm. I've seen in quite some time in a movie.
1: I mean, really, I don't, I've seen thousands of movies very few of them actually have rape scenes yes and this is this one has three yeah <laughs> which is uh quite a thing and i even read a quote online that uh, uh and i think we talked about this in one of the past death wishes the director just liked that stuff yeah and like one of the quotes i read was this is for my kicks this is to get my kicks off <laughs> like that. and i may be misquoting that but it was basically that line it's just like what the hell dude
0: because he didn't direct 4 or 5, and there's no rape scenes in 4 or 5. Nope. This is brutal. I mean, it is brutal. Now, I did read a quote from the actress, the housekeeper who had to do the rape scene. And she said whenever they yelled cut, the actors would cover her up. So, I, I, you know, they were, they were actors doing a job, but they felt bad for her. Having to go through this, so whenever they yelled "cut," they would take a blanket or something and cover her up. i also read the, the actors would
1: that uh, the rape scene took six days. Six to days film, to film, and she interviewed rape victims for it. Yeah, uh, but going back to the license, these are uh, completely unnecessary things, but I wrote them down. Uh, Paul's address is one two zero three South Crescent Heights, which is a reference to the number one thousand two hundred three. Uh, <laughs> uh, but his license, what I found interesting, it says he's 5'10 and 155 pounds and only 45 years old. And I think he's 60 something in this he's movie. He's 61
0: in this movie.
1: Yeah, so, no, he does not look 45. No, he does at not look all.
0: 45. Now, he looks good for 61. Yes. But he doesn't look 45. No. No.
1: Uh, so, yeah, then they do this unnecessary rape to
0: justify the rest of the movie. They, they're sticking around, they're waiting for Kersey to come home. So he comes home with his daughter, and they jump him, and so they knock him out, and then they, they kidnap his daughter. Why not kill him? Yeah, because they uh, when the maid is going for
1: the the phone, phone. Uh, they kill it. Yeah. And so then, the, I would like, if you were a mugger or whatever, and you're killing one person, it's like, oh, let's just...
0: Wait, seven, He's unconscious. He's, He's yeah. unconscious on the floor. But no, they just leave him there, and then they. Kidnap well, there. The I guess their reasoning was like, "Oh, we made a ruckus. Somebody might call the cops." But so they grab her and they leave, and they leave him, and then yeah, it's just. I mean, this is very. This should have been a three-person homicide. They should have found three bodies in that apartment. Maybe maybe they left him
1: there mm-hmm. as a like, uh, oh, the cops show up. They see this unconscious old man and a dead person, and then they blame it on that. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah, but if that was real life, they should should have found three bodies in there. They should have killed all three. But they take the daughter, and they take her to this abandoned garage or Or warehouse. warehouse. Because then the guy says, he's like, what are we going to do with her? Well, we can't let her go because she can identify us. And then one guy says, Well, that other guy saw me twice. Yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know. I don't get it. They rape the daughter. They do it in front of a PAPS blue ribbon. There's this giant PAPS blue ribbon. It's huge. It's huge. It takes up. I mean, it's clear. And I don't like any. Like They say any advertising is good advertising. I don't know <laughs> if you want a graphic rape scene in front of your product. Yeah,
1: like imagine if they had, like said Starbucks or something. Yeah. I don't think they'd be too happy about it. No,
0: that. and I, I they obviously I, I don't, they couldn't, <laughs> maybe Paps Brew Living was like, you know if we slip you in a couple extra bucks, can you put our <laughs> can I put our logo in the movie? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And while this is happening Jill Ireland, Bronson's girlfriend shows up and he wakes up, and, you know, and then we they find they find the the housekeeper and th- there's full frontal, mm-hmm. uh, full frontal nudity in this, and the, I mean the the housekeeper is naked. I mean everything is exposed, and they find her, so they call the police, and then we cut back to the garage, and the daughter tries to escape, jumps out a window, and impales herself on. A fence.
1: On the fence. Yeah, and that's how I feel about this movie. <laughs> On the fence. On the fence. Which is very sad for Carol's ending. I mean, like
0: it is. It's like you. Oh, you didn't want that for that character. No. no, I was
1: hoping for like some redemption arc or something like that. You know, like maybe she joins in as <laughs> player two in the vigilante spree or something. <laughs> yeah. But no, like they take her out to just, I guess, add to Paul's vigilante
0: is not enough you know? no, here's the thing it's like Bronson never shows hardly any emotion in this movie
1: in anything and <laughs>
0: anything now and like I said this is in we are only we are 15 20 yeah. minutes into the movie at all this is 15 20 minutes in and this is like holy crap uh,
1: before that before we cut to Carol at the uh, warehouse Jerry is at an interview with like the senator or something like that yes and the only question he asks is, uh, why do we punish killing with a death penalty? And then she's like, well, thank you for your time. She doesn't even answer. <laughs> no follow-up. No uh... follow-up, but it sets up that whole, what you were saying, like this juxtapositional archetype of like, the re- like who's who's gonna do these things? Who, do we Are we just gonna kill these muggers? Are these bad people? Is nothing going to be done? What do we do? And really, that's still a, a big question today.
0: Yeah. So the police are questioning Kersey. No, they bring
1: him in to uh, see Carol. Oh
0: yeah, they yeah, and they bring him in to see Carol and Jill Ireland shows a lot more emotion than Charles Bronson does in this. Uh, especially to the housemaid. Like uh she Oh yeah, and the house, yeah, she freaks out and they find it's yeah. And I I I think you know they're trying to you know, Bronson is stoic and all that, but good god, it's like it's your only daughter for crying out loud. Yeah.
1: Maybe he's used to it, I guess. I mean, like, he, he has, he's seen a lot of death in Death Wish 1. His wife had died.
0: Then there's the funeral, and then Bronson, he takes some time off, and he goes to his boss's cabin. And this is one of those scenes like we see in all the Bronson movies where it shows us that Bronson's in good shape because he's hes chopping, he's wood. chopping wood. And every wood, it's like, oh, man, he's getting ready to go on the revenge.
1: See, he should have used an axe. Like, that's, that totally sets that up. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> or at least have a scene with an axe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so he comes back, and the cops are there, and they're like, hey, help us, like, point these people out. Uh, but he's like, no. Nah. like, uh, I, he's already made his decision yeah. that he's going to be uh, Paul Kersey, the vigilante again, and so he's like, I'm just going to figure them out with my gun.
0: In all the Death Wish movies, Charles Bronson is... Terrible at throwing at throwing people off. It's like when the, it's like everybody the way he acts, they know that you're doing. It's like he's horrible at throwing people off the scent that he's the vigilante. Yeah, he's terrible at it. Yeah, which is hilarious.
1: And so um, of course the cops catch on. Uh, well later. And so after uh after he's like no, I, I'm not going to do that. He drives off downtown, and he gets a room.
0: Right. He he. He gets a he gets a shitty hotel room and he drive yeah yeah, and this is nineteen early nineteen eighties Los Angeles. And all those people on the street, uh, those were very few were actors. Those were like legitimate street people. Really walking the streets. Wow. Interesting. Because they wanted to capture the the, the grime of yeah. of eighties. Because this is in Hollywood. And a lot of people think that Hollywood is glamour. Hollywood's a shithole. A, yeah,
1: that's what I hear in some yeah. places. Hollywood
0: yeah. is a shithole, and this shows that Hollywood is a shithole. Well, he becomes Mr. Kimball,
1: and I think the guy's like $50 a night?
0: Which, $50 a month.
1: Oh, okay. jeez, I was, like, I was gonna say, $50 a night for that time? I was no, like, man, yeah. that's like...
0: No, it's, it's $50 for a month. Wow, okay, yeah. that's uh, not bad at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, but when, I, and being a, have stayed in rooms like that, being a traveling comic. <laughs> I st- now, one thing that there, there's a lot of plot holes in this movie, but another is like he he drives his fairly nice car downtown. We see cars getting broken into all the time. Where did he park his car? Did yeah. his, you know it, it, his car is flying through this whole thing.
1: Because I think it's Death Wish three that he uses his car for bait. Yes,
0: that's Death Wish yeah. three.
1: I thought it was this one. I was like, oh, this is the mm-hmm. he's going to use this car, but no, that was this. No, 3. but yeah, you're right. It's like where does he leave this nice car and this downtown area where there's so much crime. They're so Yeah,
0: because later in the film, he takes a bus downtown. That would have been the smart thing to do from the start. The entire time. Yeah. The entire time, taking a bus downtown. Maybe he just doesn't have time. He's, I mean, he's an architect. He's got to get back, yeah. Maybe the bus stop stop running at a certain time, or I don't know. But it's more, but he's, but somebody seeing his car, I mean, it's easier to identify. It's Yeah, it's yeah. like right there in sight, in plain sight. Yeah, a nice looking car downtown in the shitty neighborhood, that's going to stand out. Yeah, absolutely. So now he's just roaming the streets. He's looking for these punks. Oh, he's hunting. He is hunting. And throughout all this, he's like, he's giving his girlfriend, Jill Ireland, he's giving her the cold shoulder uh, throughout this. You know, she's like, You want to have dinner? He's like, Nah, I'm still recovering. So, he, you know, he's, he's got to cover his. Yeah, his like, time why didn't away. you pick up the phone yeah, and uh, stuff? Yeah, sometimes they don't she's answer the phone. She's
1: super understanding. Yes, yeah, like, she is. Overly understanding. Overly
0: understanding. And Jill Ireland, like I said, they're a husband and wife. They did 16 films together. Wow. And she had her own film career as well. I like her, but she's not very good in this movie. She's not. I, I didn't think she was. Well, like, she's barely in it. So, And that's why. So in all the other Death Wishes, Charles Bronson's romantic partner is either killed or raped or both. Oh, Interesting. He wanted her in this movie, but he said she's not going to get killed or raped. Uh-huh. So that's why they brought in the housekeeper to take that role. The housekeeper had to... <laughs>
1: and then Carol had to die.
0: Yes. The housekeeper had to... T- this sounds horrible, but the housekeeper had to take the rape for Jill Ireland. It's
1: all Jill's fault. It's all
0: Jill's fault that <laughs> Contessa uh, had to get raped and killed.
1: Um. And so he sees the guy.
0: He sees one of them. So there's five
1: Yeah. He sees.
0: The, he's five. There's five all together.
1: He sees the curly-haired, tonguey guy. Yeah. And when you uh-huh, see the uh-huh, movie, uh-huh, you'll, you'll know her tongue. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's got this weird haircut where he's shaved the top of his head, but the back is a mullet. He sees them and he follows him. He follows him into this old abandoned hotel. What I really liked about this scene, uh, we're going to stop here for a second. What did you think of the score, the music?
1: Oh, I mean, it's Jimmy Page.
0: Yeah, it's fun. I liked it. Yeah. It got a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Musical Score. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, probably because just the relation to the Maybe, movie. Th- that's probably it. But I thought the movie, I thought the music captured the, the tone. The themes the, and the, the tones, yeah. Perfectly. I, I, I thought it was really good. I like the music. There's uh, The cinematography is good. There's a lot of nice work with shadows, with Bronson's shadow. I have a few
1: uh, written there where it's like the shadow shots are Incredible, where like he'll be coming around a corner and this giant shadow like slows down, like uh, minimizes into his character and stuff. Really fun with those shots.
0: But they're in this hotel and there's rats everywhere and you can hear, you just hear the rats. Yeah, the and entire it, time. The entire time, it's excellent Foley work.
1: Now, I did have a question on that. Okay. Are live, like when I say live rats, I mean like rats out in the wild, are they that confident? Like. They didn't move out of the way. They're in the shots the entire time. I don't like, know.
0: Every, this every comedian from New York has a rat joke, and apparently rats are like that. They have to be. They have to be, unless they were trained. Not, but how do you train a rat? I don't know. But yeah, but you're right. These these rats are not moving. They're not scurrying. Yeah. Well, uh well, Charles Bronson knocks over a Diet Pepsi can. So these they obviously had some. Product placement. And I, I guess so, I don't think, because later there's, we see Triscuits, he's kicking over, it's usually, it would usually be a generic can that he would kick over, mm-hmm. but it was clearly a Diet Pepsi can. He shoots one of the drug dealers. I think he shoots two of them. He shoots two. And then, he's, he's like, co- get out of here, he,
1: you two, you can leave. Yeah, the ones that
0: didn't fuck with his family, he lets them go. And then the blonde haired mullet guy is, is there. And you
1: get one of the greatest lines in the movie at this. He's he's wearing this big old cross around his neck, and he's like, do you believe in Jesus? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, you're going to meet him. (laughs) Bang, bang!
0: Meet him. But
1: I don't think he's going to meet Jesus. No.
0: (laughs) And he shoots him, and he's dead on the ground, and he puts another one in him. A double tap in the stomach. It's usually a double tap. he double tap the stomach. So I think it's pretty smart. He works for a radio station and his girlfriend works for a radio station. That Because expl- we get a lot of stuff about, you know, two bodies found in the... Mm-hmm. the, the uh, that gives reason to have the radio on. Yeah. Because they're at the radio station, so they hear it. So I thought that was a nice time. It's because usually... It's like somebody sits down and turns on a radio for no reason, and, and
1: it's just suddenly on the and station. And it's, it's just on the station, yeah.
0: and you just get that. There's a reason to have these radios on because he's listening to her show, or they're actually at the radio station. So that was that was a nice way to get exposition out, and not have it be too heavy handed related to the story.
1: Yeah, I don't know what goes in between that, but I. It's I
0: just don't... more of him dodging her.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think this is when it's the phone call thing. Yeah. Like she's trying to catch him on the phone. And he's like, oh, I just, uh, people are, newspapers are calling me. I don't want to talk right now. Uh, I'll catch you at the date or
0: something. And so then he goes hunting again. He goes hunting again. and, And this is, this is lazy writing 101. Because this is where he's walking and he hears a scream. And he investigates and it just happens to be, to be the dude right one yeah. of the dudes yeah it just ha- it's like oh this is, los this is los angeles this is it's not like yeah it's yeah this is huge it's los angeles so this is a bunch of lazy serendipitous writing right here and
1: it's not that it's not going to be the only time no
0: right? it's not yeah i guess you know if this if he was really hunting these people he would be <laughs> he'd still be doing it now <laughs> like, yeah so he hears a scream in a parking garage he runs down and uh, there's this couple, this standard white geeky couple. They're beating him up, and they're taking his wife into their van, van, to to rape. <laughs> Again. Again. Bronson sneaks up to him, and he shoots. He shoots one in the back, and I and I like that. It's like he's not, it, it, you know, he's not, th- you know, he's not trying to give him a chance or anything. He's like, here to take out the villains. He's here to take out the villains. It's not like. Stop what you're doing. Stop what you do. Drop it. Turn okay. around. He shoots him in the back, and then the other guy, and then he shoots the other guy before he can turn around. So he takes two people out before they can do anything.
1: And then the uh, one of the initial five mugger dudes uh, takes the girl out of the van, and he's holding her hostage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul, I guess, I think he tries to shoot her, uh, not her, but the dude, and he throws her aside. He saves the two people, and that guy runs off. He, shoots him, in the,
0: he shoots him in the butt. Yes. And so he leaves a blood trail. Yeah. So this is, I thought this would be the guy, I thought this would be the last guy, because he's the guy that set everything in motion. This is the guy that Bronson beat up right at the beginning of the film, and he's the one who's like, I oh. want Bron, I want Ooh. this guy. So I thought he would be the last one, because he's, he's the one who basically initiated this whole thing. See, that
1: would have been really good writing.
0: Yeah. Uh, but he's not. And Bronson follows him across the street. He follows the blood trail across the street. Into, into a warehouse. A warehouse. Another abandoned warehouse. Another ab- with cardboard box. Cardboard boxes. A staple of B-movies are cardboard boxes. They're going to be everywhere. Or scaffolding. Scaffolding and cardboard boxes, yeah. And, and a forklift. I think a forklift is in like th- like four of the five <laughs> Death Wish death movies. movies. Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, you talk
1: about this one in the first podcast you've mm-hmm. done on this where... The enemy uses a forklift against Bronson, and then in five, Bronson <laughs> uses, uses a forklift against, against the, the enemy. enemy. Yeah, so it comes full circle with forklift. Yeah,
0: he drives it out, and Bronson dodges, and he shoots him.
1: And he has uh, his signature catchphrase for this guy was just "Goodbye," and then he shoots. Him.
0: Bronson's not known for his one-liners.
1: <laughs> no, he is. Oh, he is, <laughs> but not in the right way.
0: This is the time where they we go back to New York. And we see Mr. Mushnick, Los Angeles. No, no. I'm sorry. We go to the we go to uh, the uh, mayor of Los Angeles, and it's like, oh, we got a goddamn vigilante, yeah. And they go, oh, New York had a vigilante a couple years back, and he went away. Let's contact them. They contact New York and Vincent Gardena. Gardena? I think so. Something like that. Who was in the original Death Wish? He's the only actor to return from the original. Frank. Frank, he handled the case, and they're all like, "Okay, well, Cursey's in Los Angeles now. If he's the vigilante and they catch him, it'll trace it back to us." Yeah. So he's he tells, you know, uh, Frank. They tell the mayor and the chief of police or whoever, go, go to L.A. and take care of him mm-hmm. one way or another. And, and Frank goes, "I could talk to him," and the mayor goes, "Like, kill him."
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. The freaking mayor. Yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> but, once again, we get a, in, in that scene, we once again get a, a buttload of exposition. We let him go. Well, of course we let him go. Yeah, muggings were down 50 per, 50%, yeah. 50%, 50%, muggers were down. Hey, one guy in New York City, 50%. Muggings were down 50%, criminals were, if we prosecuted them, we have a martyr on our hands. Gotta, gotta, so it's just like, they, they pretty much dump all that, why, why they let him go. Um, so vigilanteism works y'all yeah 50 percent percent
1: uh and so then he goes to uh i don't know how long like this goes because like i mean frank had to have come from new york all the way down to los angeles he shows up in jerry's apartment and he's like your husband is a vigilante and
0: well, you're, they're not married yet, but you're... Oh, yeah, yeah. you're uh, your partner. Your, your boyfriend, Your boyfriend. Yeah. boyfriend. Well, well, here's the thing. He's like, I kept a close tab. I kept a close tab on Kersey. because goes, that's how he knows he's in L.A. And so he flies into L.A. and he meets a newspaper buddy. And he's like, oh, uh, Kersey's... And you know, he goes, Kirstie's house ma- uh, housekeeper uh, and daughter. It's like, and he's shocked. It's like, well, you weren't keeping a too close of a tab on him. That shocks you. No, you know? he only checked in like
1: once every few months once
0: every couple yeah. years. Or yes, but now he's at Jill Ireland's apartment, and he tell. It's like,
1: and he just like broke in. Like,
0: yeah. And she's like, what are you
1: doing in my apartment? And he's like, oh, that's the best thing about being a cop. You have your uh,
0: whatever. He. That's a crime. Yeah. He broke, breaking and entering is a crime, even if you are a cop. And then also, this is someone who, uh,
1: he broke into someone's house who's also dealing with another person who just had someone break into their house and kill and
0: rape yeah. like the people. It's you like, know what? I never thought of that, but that's a great shot. Somebody, some yeah, a stranger, yeah. Just waiting in your house, you freak out. That, I, I never thought of that, but that is a great point. Yeah. that also falls into like later...
1: Uh and this might have already happened. She shows up at Paul's place and wakes him up. And he freaks out. He like wakes up and says, yeah. Whoa. And he's like, You would freak out too if like people are busting into your house, killing yeah. and raping all your friends and family. <laughs> uh and so then he changes the locks. Uh but back to Frank at the place, he's like, Hey, uh Yeah,
0: he uh we he killed eight people in New York four years ago or whatever time it was, and he's like, uh we'd we'd appreciate him if he st- <laughs> we'd appreciate if he stopped.
1: Yeah, could you talk to him? Could you about talk this? to him
0: about it? And so then we cut to which is kind of a dick
1: move, really. To just like instead of directly going to Paul to first do it. Like I can understand if like he goes to Paul and Paul's like, nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. Then he finds someone close to him
0: and be like, yeah, hey, help me out. It'd be a shame if something happened to so and so. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but instead he goes directly to and how did he know that Paul was? I guess the tabs he's keeping. You know. Like, I, yeah, I mean how. Again,
0: just more uh, plot. More, yeah, more convenience. More plot convenience. And then we go to his house, and she confronts him and said, there was a detective in here, said you killed muggers. And he's like, no, he was in charge of the vigilante killing in New York, and I was on a long list of people who had family killed by muggers. And, you know, he thought I did it, but I didn't. And he became, yeah, so he's, he's bullshitting his way out of this. And she believes him. If the cop didn't do it in such a, sh- a weird way, like broke into her apartment.
1: Maybe she would have believed maybe him. Maybe she would have yeah. believed him.
0: If he came, you know, if he went to her, you know, at she's work. waited outside of her door. Yes. Uh, yeah. Presented his badge. Yeah. The, the way he did it th- just put her off that now she's, uh, yeah, I would believe. I believe so. – you know, if a cop broke into my place and said the person I was dating killed people and then I talked to them and they said they didn't, I'd believe them if a cop did it in such a yeah, weird-ass way. I think they
1: were the crazy cop who I was out f- to get my partner Exactly, like that. and
0: so that's right. what nah, – nah, that's what she thinks. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and so he is now in Los Angeles, and he calls one of his partners, and he's like, hey, park my car outside of Kersey's house mm. at night. Uh, and so he does. The other guy parks his car, and he follows Kersey. And this is when Kirsty gets on the bus to go downtown because he sees – he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'm not going to go out. I'm going to try to avoid him. But uh, this is a line I really loved. He uh, Frank gets in a taxi cab, uh, and he's like, follow that bus. And the guy's like, it's not moving. <laughs> and he's like, well, when it moves, follow it. It's just <laughs> like, did that even need to be said? You know, like I, I guess it's because they already right before mm-hmm. that had the uh, – I'm a cop, stop your car, yeah. follow that bus. And so they needed a new follow that there's bus. There's a lot of,
0: like, there's a lot of cliches in this movie, which they existed, but I've never saw them before. Like the, ah, you know, you know, waving a car down, I'm a cop. I'm a cop, follow stop cop. Of that car. It's, uh, the person he stops at first, like, just doesn't.
1: Like, she, she smiles. She smiles, oh, she's like, oh, you're nice.
0: Yeah, That's it's me. a cop, let's do this. Kersey goes downtown and he's walking around and he just once again he runs into the other three that he's looking for,
1: and they're dancing on a stage. They're like, dancing, they on everybody. Yeah. yeah,
0: and they're high and they're dancing. It's they're they're dancing. So Cursey sees him. So now we have Cursey is following them, and Frank is following Cursey, following them. Mm-hmm. So we have a we have a double tail happening here. And they get on a bus, and Cursey gets on the same bus with them and Frank is following him in a taxi cab. They're on a bus, and they start hassling this woman, and there's these people on the bus, and they're not doing anything. They're not helping her. But it's like, I, what would you do in that situation? It's like- are, Yeah, are you gonna step up? Are I you mean, gonna step up? There's three guys, there's, you, no one else is
1: doing anything. No. So if
0: you step up- One's huge, yeah. that white guy is just giant. So, so there's a huge guy. They're high. They're high they're vandalizing the bus it's like that's a great question to ask yourself if you're in the i, I don't know what yeah. would you do in that situation would you help her or do you, and most and and cursey doesn't help him but he doesn't help him for the obvious reason you know he doesn't want them to recognize him so
1: literally I, almost anything you could do in that situation you then become the victim not victim but like you're going to be the target next. Yes. Like if you if you just like even if you don't say anything, like even if you just look at him. Yeah. Like let's say you just like switch seats with that lady, and now they can't get. The, now you are the immediate target. So yeah. it's like you're just sacrificing yourself. So it's just morally, what do you? Uh, if you choose. To I mean, it better. depends.
0: Some people can defend themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's against yeah.
1: three guys. Yeah,
0: against three. I mean, I have I have no. I'm a middle aged white guy with no special training. So it's a, of course Bronson's sixty one. He's making us. He's putting us all to shame.
1: And he, uh, Bronson, does the same thing. He just ignores him. He's yeah, mad. but he's
0: doing that for. I mean, he yeah. can't. He can't be. He can't
1: here. involve himself yet. Yeah. He's undercover. He's reading the paper. He's acting like he's sleeping. Mm.
0: They get off at this like place down by the river. Down by the down river. Down by the river. And and Bronson follows. And while this is happening, Frank is following him in a cab. And uh, the cab pulls over. He says, "What's down there?" It's like a, a national monument. He's like, "Okay." Yeah. And, and here's something, uh, he, he takes a, dollar, a $50 bill, or a, he rips it in half, he goes, here's half of it, you don't get the other half until, I, until come I come back. back. It's like, I've never, I've, I've, like, I've heard of that, but I've never seen that in a movie. where. But actually, it's kind
1: of smart, a little bit.
0: It is. Like, it, when I, if I was Ubering, like when I did Uber, and someone did
1: that to me, yeah, I'd probably stick around for yeah. 50, uh, half, the other half of the 50 The
0: uh, other half of the 50 yeah.
1: But, uh, unfortunately, Frank, spoilers, Frank doesn't come no.
0: back. No, so the... The taxi driver gets stiffed. Oh, man. Because Frank is a stiff. <laughs> uh, they go down and Bronson... They're, so they're doing a gun deal. So the three punks are... And this guy, this guy... has. He's Elton John. Yeah, he, he's like... He's like, I don't know, in his 60s. He's, he's this gray-haired guy, and he's got these tight pants on and this purple shirt. And yeah, he looks like Elton John. And uh, they're trading drugs for money. So the the Elton John has... I'm sorry, for guns, you're correct. Yeah, uh, Elton John's got a trunk full of guns, and the three punks have heroin or whatever it was, cocaine. And they they trade it, and they have a, uh, a lookout in the tree. Mm-hmm. And Frank sees the lookout, and he warns Kersey. Yeah. He's like, look out. So now a gunfight ensues.
1: And player two enters the fight.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. They have a trunk full of automatic weapons. And Frank has a a six-shooter automatic, and and Bronson has, like, a Beretta or something.
1: And everyone runs out of ammo,
0: and no one gets the guns. No. So Frank gets killed. Well, Frank gets shot, and Bronson takes out everybody but the big white guy.
1: And you get a a classic uh, car falling off cliff. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, his death was... Oh, I loved his death. I loved his death. He takes. He runs out of ammo, so he takes this boombox and puts it up to shield himself from the bullets. And he gets shot in the face right through the right through. So that he they shoot the boombox. The boombox explodes, and he puts it and blood and teeth come out. It was a really, it was a really nice looking death.
1: Really good death. So
0: the big white guy runs away. uh, Nirvana, that's his name. Nirvana runs away, and uh, Bronson goes over to Frank. He's like, ah you i'll be damned <laughs> he's like he's either you or me you, he, pr- you protected me yeah and, and I, well uh, it was either you or them did you get them all and uh he goes no one got away and this is funny so he goes uh get the motherfucker
1: i'll be damned you you stuck your neck out for me it was you or them <laughs> Did you Get them all. One of them got away. Get the motherfucker for me. Oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed
0: bastard i knew he was holding out on me lieutenant over here and
1: then he starts saying the lord
0: uh, yeah, and then he starts saying uh you know our father who art in heaven so that was like and, and he
1: he's like uh i know it, it shouldn't be funny but it's our father who art how that'll be that like, la, la. <laughs> uh,
0: but and to me that's just like yeah his last word before the prayer motherfucker get
1: that motherfucker and uh, that's it. That's it for Frank. They don't even follow up on like. No,
0: you you don't you don't follow up what happens back in New York.
1: All we hear is a, later on they say, oh, a cop a cop died yes. in the fight. Uh, and it's
0: like, what was he doing there? You know,
1: like uh, is no one going to invest? In yeah, nothing's
0: going to go back. Uh, so the the cops are at the shootout, and one of the one of the punks is still alive. He got shot in the stomach, and uh, so the cop in charge is like pushing his gun on the wound. It's like. Tell me his name. Tell me his name. It's, ah, it's Nevada. It's Nirvana. It's Charles. Charles Wilson. Wilson. And the guy ends up dying. That scene right there, that would not fly today. Uh, No. A cop abusing, even though though he's killed.
1: Maybe behind the scenes.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, Paul is now looking for Charles Wilson. Yeah, there's
0: one left, and it's the giant white guy. And he he gets a police scanner.
1: Uh, Which, conveniently, he's at the radio station...
0: Convenient writing.
1: And they're just like, oh, we happen to have an extra... We
0: were going to throw this away, yeah. but this is... You,
1: can, yeah, you a, can have it, which isn't suspicious at, at all. all.
0: Yes. How do I get a police scanner? Yeah, you he, mean you, you're you 61 and now all of a sudden you're yeah. interested and in... He's a an and he's an architect? Yeah. like,
1: yeah, no, here, take ours.
0: And so he listens, he's driving
1: around, listening to this radio, and he gets it. He gets the... Uh,
0: so, oh, but one, one thing that he does all... It's like whenever he's in a shitty apartment... He he always uses a handkerchief not to leave fingerprints. He turns on the lap with a handkerchief. He opens his cabinets with a handkerchief. But what happens is he has his gun taped under the bureau, and he takes the gun out, and he, like, wads up the masking tape. Masking tape is a huge fingerprint. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And he just throws it into the corner. It's like you t- you take all this precaution <laughs> to keep your fingerprints off anything, and there's a ball of duct tape in the corner of the room. That's
1: how they get you. That yeah, or the uh, light switches.
0: But anyway, so Charles N- Nirvana, he's in this. They they track them to this hotel room, and, and it's hilarious. It's like all these cops are on the street, and you just see Bronson just driving through, yeah, <laughs> and then he
1: just walks into the building. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a huge bus. Like they yeah. have like. A police fan they have like uh, uh, like helicopters and stuff. Yeah. you know like it's a big deal and paul's just like i'm gonna walk in and kill this guy yeah. like i don't even care and he kind of does he goes in he uh finds the dude's apartment uh he's in there with like two other women and he freaks out they get in a fight he cuts paul's arm yeah which now we know paul can bleed he's yeah. not a robot the, the the nirvana guy like goes out and he takes out like five police officers like
0: he's got a knife with him he's he only uses it once but yeah. he's like flipping these guys over and they shoot him with um a stun gun and it doesn't do anything and it, apparently it, it, we we find out he's on pcp yeah. which
1: makes you ungodly
0: it, it, it did in apparently happen. they finally wrestle him down and like you said now bronson is cut on his arm he goes he goes back home and he he you know he tends the wound and uh his girlfriend, Jill Ireland, comes over. Bleeding on the he's floor. He's bleeding on the floor. He's, he's like, to hide it. He's tr- and he's like, let's go to dinner. And so he gets her out of the house again. Which
1: is, like, she, she just gets there. She opens the door. She comes in. And he's like, let's go to dinner. Why don't you go get cleaned <laughs> up? And instead of getting cleaned up at his house, she, he makes her leave. Yeah. And, and, like, she just got there. Like, that'd be so Because suspicious. it's set
0: up earlier in the, in the movie that... She has clothes there. She has a lot of clothes there. So she could have totally gotten ready there. And it's not. so he's got this gaping wound on his arm. They apparently have spent the night together. You're not... Oh, because they finally go on a date. Yeah. They go to dinner. But you're not going to comment on that? Yeah. You're not going to... You know, you just slept with a guy who has a gaping hole, a fresh wound. You're not going to say anything about that? All right. What what happened at architecture today? Um,
1: Though I I love the line. uh, It's... I don't know why this stuck with me. uh, When they're at dinner... Uh, And they get the Dom Perignon, and she leans over to, like, give him a kiss, and he, like, knocks his, you know, cup. And he's like, careful, this is $3 a drop. That's a $9 kiss.
0: (laughs) That's as close as Bronson gets to flirting. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Yeah. So Bronson has proposed to her. So what they're going to do is they're going to fly off and get married. However, before that, he's got to take care of the last guy. And once again, this is total... 80s bullshit uh, not without bullshit but the judge is like uh, uh, he was on PCP so he's no oh so he's God. not so he's not guilty uh, we're gonna put him in a mental institution until they go we can't prove that he killed uh, Frank and when he attacked those cops he was on PCP so basically they're gonna put him into a mental institution yeah.
1: and also throughout the entire movie they're talking about like we're not killing uh offenders anymore yeah we're just gonna put them in a home or something like that and so Mm -hmm.
0: it adds to that there are fireworks going off outside so we are not actually in a bronson movie (laughs) so (laughs) it's death wish six Ah! so they put him in a home and once again so this is just like this is so convenient writing they put him into an institution bronson's girlfriend is just happened to interview the doctor who's treating him yeah And Bronson's like, can I go along? Sure. So Bronson gets into this institution, and he wanders off looking for a bathroom. He goes into a doctor's quarters.
1: Yeah, the locker room. The
0: locker room, and he gets a doctor ID badge.
1: And the jacket.
0: And the jacket. And uh, so what he does is he wipes out the information on there, and he copies it, and he writes his own name. Wait, not his own name, but he writes a different name on there. But once again, throwing shit away, as, uh, will ruin his plans. Yes, he writes one down and he he he's written it out wrong. So he crumbles it up and he throws it away and it misses the wa- waste paper basket and falls on the floor. It falls to the floor. So uh, Bronson, you know, he gets his gun, he gets his doctor badge, he gets his doctor coat, and so and did you see this? So he drives into the institution and there is a, a security guard at the gate. But he's talking to some lady. He's talking to some lady. Yeah. He just drives right just past. Drives, drives right past. Right in. Wow. Yeah. Great security in this. <laughs> it's
1: Paul. Paul has both a gift and a
0: curse. Yes. It's like <laughs> he, his curse is that all the women that he loves leave him or are murdered. His gift is he can go anywhere at any time yeah. and nobody says a word. The perfect vigilante. He pretends to be a doctor. It's like I like to see Carson or whatever his name is.
1: And, yeah, the front desk lady gives him the room number, blah, 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 and then he's going to the room, and there's, like, a gated area, and he's like, I'm here to see yada, yada, and the guard is like, no, you know, it's past time, you can't do that, and he's like, come on, man, hurry up, I want to go home, and so the guy's like, okay, fine, (laughs) and he lets him in and another nurse, and he gives the gate code, and so he hears it then.
0: Yeah, here he is. Yeah. What's the point of a code if you give it to everybody? If you, uh, Hey, yeah, if you want to get in and out, code's 3600. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. Which is a reference to the number, 36 million. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, bring him into this room, and it's like, what's that? It's, uh, that's the electroshock system.
1: It's a big old machine. We don't use
0: it anymore, but they used to when we did electroshock. So that's in the back of the room. So they bring in Nirvana. He sits down and Bronson just whips his whips his clipboard at him and he and he pulls out a gun and Nirvana flips the table up and it's like the
1: quickest reaction ever yeah. it's like he knew it was coming
0: knocks the gun out of Bronson's hand and Nirvana had a shiv in his shoe he starts stabbing Bronson in the shoulder mm-hmm. and the, so while this is happening they're cutting back and forth to the the guy that let him in he's eating his dinner and he's watching Henny Youngman an old-time comedian He's watching him on television. And what the funniest thing is, it's like Henny Youngman gets a credit at the end of the movie. Henny Youngman as <laughs> Henny Youngman. That's so I, I thought that was funny. It was like, you know, he's that famous one lighter. Yeah, take my wife, please. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah.
1: I thought that was Rodney Dangerfield. No,
0: that was, that was Henny Youngman. Oh. They're battling, and uh, Nirvana goes to punch Bronson, and he punches into the electroshock machine. Yeah.
1: And he gets
0: it, and Bronson turns it on, and the effect was pretty good. About about you know uh, electricity going through his body. It, it looked. I, I thank God they didn't do the like they drew it on like electricity. It was, yeah, or I'm like glad-
1: the Home Alone when Harry like turns into a skeleton. Yeah,
0: and, like and he dies, and then the the gatekeeper, the whoever it is, he comes in and gives Bronson. He goes, I'm gonna. I'll give you three minutes to get away. Well, well, Bronson, first they're
1: like looking at each other. Yeah. And Bronson's like, well, he killed and raped my daughter. And then the guy's like, oh, I heard about that on the news. Uh, I'll give you three minutes to go.
0: He doesn't give him three minutes. He gives him like 30, 30 seconds. He gives him a head start, but I want three minutes. And
1: again, he tells him the code. Yeah. He's like, it's
0: 30, oh, yeah, it's
1: 3,600 you want to get out. Yeah. He's just letting everybody know.
0: The ticking clock part of this is... <laughs> Bronson and his girlfriend are flying out to Puerto Vallarta or wherever they're going to get married. They're flying out tonight, so he has to get back home to her. Why would you schedule your murder so close? Your murder so close to your vacation? Give yourself a day, if it, just in case something like this happens. Because he has to go back to his shitty hotel room. Apparently, he had to stop off at a drugstore or something because he's got a—you know—he he has to tend to his wound. His shoulder's all. You know, with stab wounds, so he, he has to take care of that. But, yes, why you're leaving at 11 o'clock at night to fly to go get married. Oh, well, okay, I got a murder at, and it was 9 o'clock. He goes, it's 9 yeah. o'clock. So, you, I got a murder at 9. I got to be back home at 11. It's like, that's that cutting would, it pretty that close. That
1: would never work these days. You have to show up to the airport like four hours No, day.
0: it would never. It's like... <laughs> So you know what, if you're, if you're planning on getting married and murdering somebody for revenge, give yourself a date. That's, a, that's <laughs> our tip. Well, she's waiting for him, and like you said before, she sees the crumpled up paper on the floor. And so she turns on the radio to her station, and it all happens at one time. She bends down, and she picks up, and she sees that it's a doctor badge, and right as she picks it up, she hears but was killed tonight apparently
1: Which uh that's some super fast that, uh, yeah. reporting
0: Because yeah it's only it it's just a, happened It just happened. So it's from reports it looks like somebody broke in disguised as a doctor and she's you know and while this is happening she's actually holding the doctor so she puts it together she takes her engagement ring off and puts it on top of the of the badge and she's gone. And
1: she escapes the curse.
0: Yes. And Bronson, it's actually, you see her pulling out of the driveway as Bronson pulls into the driveway. Then we get the uh, epilogue where we get the radio again. Uh, vigilante, crime down because this vigilante is in, in, in Los Angeles, not in Hollywood. They're, they finally got the new radio station. They got the building and they're dedicating the new building. And his boss is there and he's like, uh, he comes up to Charles Bronson. He's like, hey, we're friends, aren't we? He goes, yeah. He goes, I've been calling. You haven't." And once again, he uses the same line. He's like, ah, oh, sometimes I just don't pick up the phone. Yeah, it's like he just uses the that's just his catch-all line.
1: Also, there's I guess maybe there's some symbolism there of a uh, him building that building throughout the entire movie, and now it's finally complete and the movie's over. Yeah, uh, and so then the guy t- invites him to a party. He's like, hey, I got a thing going on Friday, and he's like, uh, can you be there? And he's like. What
0: else would I be doing? <laughs> what else would I be doing? meow, <laughs> 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 and then <that's laughs> and that's Death Wish Two. That's Death uh, Wish Two.
1: There are fifteen deaths on screen. Out of those fifteen, Paul kills nine of them. <laughs> Though, uh, if you're listening to the off-screen counts, Paul kills like forty-two people in this movie. Forty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, the, out of the entire radio sessions, what I've read on the Wikipedia of the fan yeah. page of this. 143 people technically died in this movie. Oh, from the, the from just everything. <laughs> uh, but Paul kills 42 people <laughs> off screen. That's insane. Uh, they shot this in 44 days. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Two point five million budget, not including Charles Bronson's 1.5. Yes. Fee.
0: So budget. Bronson's salary was almost was half of the budget. I mean, half of the budget of the movie. So I guess it would be like, so it would be like uh, four million dollars.
1: Yeah, four to five, and
0: uh, and one point five of that went to Bronson,
1: which is insane.
0: And then Jill Ireland gets a paycheck on top. That's that's how they're making their income. Bronson's getting a paycheck, and they're getting the yeah. she's getting a paycheck, and they both go into the same bank account. Uh, Roger Ebert gave this movie a zero <laughs> out of
1: four, uh, which I think was one of his first zeros. Because uh-huh. when he's writing about it, he's like, "I usually give at least half a star." But this was terrible. <laughs> and like the way he describes it, she's like,
0: jeez, he
1: hated this movie. Yeah.
0: What's that book? He, I hated, 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 hated this movie. Yes. Did he write that? He wrote a book, and that was the title. I hated, 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 hated this That's movie. That's hilarious. Uh, and then, last
1: note I have is, uh, the music was supposed to be by Isaac Hayes, but Jimmy Page was uh, the director's neighbor.
0: Michael Winters' uh, neighbor, yeah. I like the music, and like I said, I like the cinematography. I like this movie. It's not as good, as, it's not as entertaining as Death Wish 3.
1: Not not even close,
0: and it's sort of a bridge. De- the original Death Wish was—I don't want to say a real movie, but it was a real movie. It was a real serious movie. Was you know with, with serious issues, and it's a bridge to Death Wish Three, which is just all out it's yeah. onslaught. This is just a follow-up. This yeah. was just
1: like them being like, "Oh man, we can bank off of." This,
0: this made tank. a killing in VHS. It was uh, whatever the budget was. It made a pretty good. It made a profit here in the states, and it made even and, and Bronson's big in in foreign markets mm. so it made a lot of money and then in germany it was like when it came out on vhs it was like the biggest it's like this and chariots of fire came out at the same time Interesting. and this got and people renting this much more than chariots of fire
1: um and i'd also read the writer who wrote the original death wish book hated the first film so he wrote a sequel death kingdom or something something like that, like that. uh and, I believe,
0: and they made that into a movie with Kevin Bacon, I believe. Interesting. Okay, yes, so it's I not believe. Death Wish.
1: Because, yeah, the Death Wish 2 is not based off of the sequel book at all.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, I believe they made a movie uh, based on that. Death Wish 2 is an enjoyable movie. I, I like it. Like I said, it's nowhere near as entertaining as Death Wish 3. And it's not as serious as, as the original Death Wish. But
1: It's not terrible. It's not great. Not bad.
0: No, it's not. that's it. Not terrible, not great. Like I said, it's
1: like Carol on the fence. On the fence.
0: <laughs> bad jokes. <laughs> bad jokes. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, uh, all right, Sean. Once again, plug you. You-you.
1: Uh, as always, find uh, Scott and I over here at Comedy Sports Houston uh, at least once a month. Uh, you can catch my stuff online at drawbook.net. Um, you can catch my music at Hood thunk uh, on any of your favorite streaming platforms or if not all of the streaming platforms. Uh, You can follow me at The Artist Ceilings. You can listen to one of my podcasts. Uh, You can check all of these things at allmylinks.com slash
0: Sean Penalver. It's all in one spot. All right, that's it. I want to thank Sean for doing this. We'll see everybody here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast.
1: Hey, Paul. You've been pals for a long time. Yep. I know Jerry's going. must have hit you. Have you been drinking? Hey, you know better than that. Where the hell have you been at night? I've called you dozens of times. Oh, well, I don't often answer the phone. Brain. Sometimes I answer, sometimes I don't, but I'm fine. Betty's giving a new building party next Thursday. We'd like you to join us. I'll be there. Are you sure you're free? What else would I be doing?